time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Brodge Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. This thing belongs to Mr. Rooney, belongs here, and let's see if we can bring this damn thing back here next year, along with the Super Bowl. Here we go. The game is over. The Pittsburgh Steelers did it the hard way. <laughs> with the 10th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Devin Bush, linebacker, Michigan. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition here of the Mass Steel Podcast. Of course, yours truly, Charles Bride Ritchie. As you catch me every Mondays and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, tonight, uh, we got a few topics we're going to hit off in uh, just a second here. But uh, one of the things that was uh, announced today, the NFL finally decided to announce their all-decade team for 2010. We're going to get into that in just a moment to kick off here momentarily. Then also, too... Tom Pelissero of NFL Network also provides a continued update as far as like the NFL with their virtual plan of doing a virtual draft pretty much, so stay tuned for that. Plus, we also got some hot-button topics for fair foul. And before we get into that, find out the latest what the Pittsburghs will be doing in their community during all these times. Again, the number if you guys want to dial in today is 312-209-2232. Again, that's 312 312- Two zero nine, I can be followed on Twitter at Prize Richie at MestielCJR at OnDexCSR Instagram at Prize Richie at Mastiel Nation at OnDexCSR You also check me out on my YouTube channel which is Mastiel Podcast You can also Check me out on Mixcloud for all the latest Mass Steel podcasts and on-deck shows. Charles Project Richie, as well as on Anchor and Spotify, Crunch Time with Charles Project Richie. Hope everyone's having a good time so far. I know everyone's just waiting to get back into sports, but as I was hosting on my on-deck show this past uh, Saturday, I learned early that morning at about 11 a.m. Central Time. It was about 12 o'clock, I want to say. This is uh, during the Bob Pompeiani show on on 93.7 The Fan. And what one of the things, too, that was announced very huge that day was President Trump meeting with all, pretty much, commissioners of all the North American sports. And surprisingly, including Vince Mann of the WWE right now. So he had the pyramid speak with all the main figureheads, which includes the NFL, Roger Goodell, Everybody, including from the NBA, MLB, uh, NASCAR, Indy Cup, Breeders' Cup, all those people. And he's hoping for sports to get back in the progress about the competitive competition by August or September. Granted, it still may not be uh, totally feasible yet if that's going to happen necessarily, but we will get into that towards the end of the show. But I got to tell you, I, I mean... Look, do we all like our sports? Do I like my sports? Absolutely. But at the same time, the last thing you want to be doing 
is endangering people's lives right now when you have no cure to what this is happening. I mean, I heard earlier today, and this was coming from my mind, one of the encouraging things back in New York or New Jersey, if anyone wants to feel free and correct me on this, that there has been some cases of COVID-19 going down so far. So hopefully that is a sign of things to come and everyone's going to be feeling in a much better spot. But like I said, that is huge. With so much unknown going on with the COVID-19 and everybody staying at home, hey, it, it really means nothing. I'm not sure if I want to open up the economy right now. If I'm the president, and then you run into a situation where still people are more getting sick and it leads to sports. It's it's a good thing, like Bob Papagiani said. I mean, when people like kind of got him, why is he still doing sports shows or t- discussing it? I tell you one thing, he definitely says it's it's still considered like a relief when you go through a lot of stress in people's lives. You always want to pay attention to what's happening around you in society, yes. But at the same time, too, people do want to relax their minds a little bit. They want to get something off it. I mean, why is it any different when people want to watch like something on Netflix or like hop on music in their car? Obviously, it's two different platforms. It's still the same level of escape. But I think everyone needs to be cognizant of the fact right now it's just everyone's going to need some sort of distraction to kind of help take their mind and the pain away from what is happening out there across the country and worldwide. I, I want to just see things just slowly, smoothly big, get back into progress and we shall wait and see on that. But like I said, right now, I mean, one of the biggest things too, which is one of my favorite times I've been covering like I said, one of my favorite sports is the NFL as we uh, look at it. And like I said, a pretty big honor today, uh, the NFL All-Decade Team for 2010. This is reported by Judy Batista of NFL Network, who we followed on Twitter, at Judy Batista. And of course, if you want to also check it out, follow her on Instagram. She could also be followed at Judy, Bat, B-A-T-T, one uh, the, the number one, not spelled out. But uh, here's a list as she has uh, released today. And here we go on offense. And we do got two Steelers, one which who who has played and is currently trying to get back into the league, and then currently for a center. And uh, those two people right now uh, for the Steelers that represented the All-Decade team, we have receiver Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, who uh, definitely was clearly on another level as far as receiving. Uh, no matter what controversy he's got himself into lately or whatever he has, I mean, this guy still has seven Pro Bowls with four All-Pros, which includes one All-Pro. So he's been on five All-Pro teams this decade, one of them being a second team, which was back in 2013. So you look at that aspect, and he's also been on the NFL Top 100 list six times in the decade and that's the second most behind wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald and you look at all that stuff and say what you will about the man right there Antonio Brown and what he has done the way he has kind of unraveled as of late or how he's trying to make amends for a lot of things he did and I mean this is a guy who obviously wants to continue to have football in his life in some sort of capacity and one of the biggest things, too, I think uh, the 
the burglary charge, too, that was, like, uh, thrown at him. Seems like that's not going to be pursued by the state of Florida from what I heard earlier today on 937 The Fan. Uh, that was on the Cook and Joe show this morning. That show, remember, that usually runs every Monday through Friday, I want to say, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Time on 937 The Fan. You can also listen to them via radio.com. They provide an excellent ton of coverage, as they always do, and we, we look at it. But I, I feel like right now, I mean, also too, I mean, also Marquise Pouncey, who's got like the second most Pro Bowl or Bowls in Steelers history, obviously the record being Mean Joe Green. I believe he has nine altogether in his uh, career. And Joe Green, been a part of this uh, Steelers, I mean, he's been the big game changer for the franchise. He's actually got 10, excuse me. So I want to say he's got like the third most, second or third most, but he's got eight Pro Bowls respectively, including two All Pros right here. I mean, look at a guy like Marquise uh, Pouncey's career. I mean, he's played in 121 games. He started all 121 games that he was listed for. Even though, I mean, I think the only thing where I could probably see where he kind of probably got knocked. There's a few seasons where he didn't play all 16, but then again, you also have few in there. Like 2016, 2017, where he had everything wrapped up with the division title. Why play the extra game? Get yourself ready for the playoffs. And that's what they did. I just feel right now, when you look at a guy like Marquise Pouncey, he's pretty much been one of the rocks of this team. I mean, he's had, he's had some controversial moments in the headlines, too. I mean, who doesn't? But I think for a guy like him, he, he also in my opinion, is one of the true embodiments of what it is to be a Steeler these days. I mean, and he's just been a, a tremendous backbone for Ben Rosberg right there. I mean, I guess you could say having a good center is like having a good catcher in baseball for your pitcher right there. And, I mean, he, he's definitely paid off some big dividends. I think the only regret, I I feel bad for him, and it's not so much a regret, but... When he didn't make the Super Bowl in his rookie year, remember he had an injury going into Super Bowl 45, and he had a tremendous rookie year. So, I mean, him being out for that uh, Super Bowl, I think it was definitely a huge blow. I, I'm not sure like how much uh, difference it would have made, but I mean, it was, his impact, I think, was definitely felt. But I mean, even though that was a defense right there that day, who really lost the game. But still, I think if there's one guy who definitely, just like Antonio Brown, deserves a Super Bowl, it would definitely be a guy like Marquis Pouncey. Speaking of Antonio Brown, I just want to point something out real quick, too. And I've been doing research on this madly the last week. And when we look at his overall career, I mean, just think of him and Ben Rosberger would have stayed together, if they would have stayed the course, and nothing was spun out of control. You realize... For the top quarterback and wide receiving duel of all time in the history of the NFL, you got Ben Rosberger and Antonio Brown ranked sixth all time with 74 touchdowns in the regular season plus four in the playoffs, 78 lifetime altogether. So for the regular season rankings, as far as that goes, number one, you got Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison with 114 followed by Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates with 90. 
Steve Young, Jerry Rice with 85. Dan Muriel and Mark Clayton, 81 touchdowns. Tom Brady to now the 24-7 WWE champion to add to his resume along with three Super Bowls and also being to the name to the NFL 100 team just like his quarterback and the retired Gronk. I mean, they had 78 touchdowns together. And then you got next up, Ben Roshberg and Antonio Brown. Just think, I mean, if, if they would have kept going together, they could have probably easily, I mean, for, I mean, who knows, like how much more they could have done together. They could have more, more than definitely been passing Dan Marino and Mark Clayton, possibly go past Steve Young, Jerry Rice. They could have possibly been third or fourth all time as far as quarterback wide receiving duel. I mean, I think just the only biggest disappointment was they just never won a ring together. And why is that? I mean, I think that's one of the things I think people definitely pay the touch to with a guy like Roethlisberger. I mean, Roethlisberger, I mean, he's not on this list as far as, like, top quarterbacks. I mean, on this list, I mean, the quarterbacks you got on here, you got, it's only two. So you have Tom Brady, you have Aaron Rodgers as the second and final one on this list, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, people will look at too. I mean, look at what Ben Rosberg is able to consistently be doing in his career. I mean, with the numbers he has also put up. I mean, he, this has been the most healthiest decade he has had in a long time. I mean, the only times he really gotten hurt was towards the end of 2011. And then, of course, 2012 and 15. But, I mean, other than that, this guy is definitely, his numbers, I think, uh, go right up there. I mean, he's got... 56,545 yards passing. And, I mean, you talk about a quarterback who's just definitely been more of a game changer what he's done. I mean, I mean versus a quarterback draft class with guys like Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers in that class and, like, what he's been able to do. Obviously, it needs to be a little bit more impressive than that. But still, I mean, all the stuff that he's been able to put up and what he's been able to do. I mean, amongst his quarterback draft class, right now he is third place. Phillips Rivers leaves the way with 59,271 yards, followed by the retired Eli Mann with 57,023 yards, and then Ben Rosberger, 56,545 yards, who, if comes back healthy, by the way, he should be at least be able to the top 60,000 yards by next season, if there is going to be a season, or whatever that season decides to resume, you tell me. So these are the things we're looking at in hand. And Roethlisberger, I just felt like when you look at the, like the two back-to-back six touchdown passes he had in 2014, he got the Colts and then the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. Same night, by the way, which Mean Joe Green's jersey got retired up there with the original Steeler jersey who was retired which was Ernie Stotler. And you think about that, I, I felt like that year was probably his best year to at least get the MVP award. I, I, I felt like he was slight a little bit in the way, but then again, you got Aaron Rodgers right there. I mean, I think mainly not only because it was touchdown interception ratio, but he also had a hot team in Green Bay, who's the second best team in the NFC. Even though they did go on the fall short to the Seattle Seahawks when they had a commanding 16-point lead in the NFC Championship game, 
I mean, a lot of people still argue to that day where Des Bryant, if that was a touchdown or not in that game. And that that's one of the things that will be marveled a lot of controversy with that Packers win. I felt like it was the right call, to be honest with you. When I was seeing it, I was seeing the ball hit, hit the ground somehow, and it didn't feel like to me it was convincingly enough, even though he rolled around with you know, did juggle a little bit, and he was able to get back control, but still, I don't, I don't think that was enough, to be perfectly honest you. So, i not trying to cheat the guy from, like, what he felt like he had, but I don't feel like that was all, like, no doubt. But then again, when you're in the air and you're trying to make a play like that with defenders, it's kind of hard to, like, challenge your body to maintain control and positioning all the way through the process of a catch. I mean, even like a few years later, you had Jesse James kind of experience a similar fate against the Patriots, which they had beat in 2017, which they could have been the number one seed. You will more than likely avoid the Jaguars and could play the Titans instead that year. But then again, I mean, it's a lot of what-ifs right there. But anyway, uh, let's continue on with the list here on the 2010 All-Decade team. This is, we're on offense right now. So when we got the running backs right now, Frank Gore, Marshawn Lynch, LaShawn McCoy, and then you got Adrian Pearson, which two of them, by the way, which of course being Marshawn Lynch and LaShawn McCoy, both being Super Bowl champions here on this list. And you look at everything that they did right here, and including like a guy like Marshawn Lynch, I mean, who was able to still come out of retirement and still be somewhat effective, even on the final game of the season against the 49ers, even though they came up short. I mean, take a look at right here, and I got to tell you right now, Adrian Pearson, he deserves to be on here for what he's did. I mean, and including Frank Gore. Frank Gore is still trucking strong after 15 seasons. 15 I mean, for a guy who doesn't have a ring, but you look the whole armor of work they provides, I mean, wherever he's gone, this guy is still a tough knit grinder here. Despite only having his last 1,000 yards rushing season back in 2016 with the Colts, this guy is still incredible. The only thing I probably question is probably like his, uh, his touchdowns on scrimmage. That's all. But I mean, you figure a guy who played with a lot of heart, a lot of tenacity and toughness. Gore, he definitely scrapped for a lot of things right here. And he definitely was well respected and had a major contribution no matter where he went. And uh, right now, um, I got Com here, uh, who's uh, actually uh, commenting on this uh, stream right now. I got Jesse Sanders. Welcome very much. Ben should have done whatever to make AB happy, even if that meant taking him in a bar bathroom. Uh, <laughs> I'll agree with you one thing. I think they definitely should patch things up, both of them. But I will say this, Jess. In my opinion, the way, if you really want to be truly genuine of an apology from both ways. No tweeting or posting on someone's Instagram or Facebook page to each other like 
what I did was wrong. No. You either meet face-to-face, you video chat with them, or you text message each other directly, no matter what source that may be. If none of those are utilized, it's not coming off genuine. Ben Rosberger obviously had plenty of time the squash thing earlier. But also, too, I mean, Mike Tomlin, I think, put up with as much with, with the with that whole saga. I mean, you can't totally be mad at Ben Rosberger. I mean, to the point, I think definitely it came off funny when he was on the air. I mean, about well over a year and a half ago, he was on 93.7 The Fan, source where a lot of stuff was catching a lot of heat for how he was calling guys out where it was like Antonio Brown or Juju Smith-Schuster, whoever it may be. And then you look like earlier in the year, him the offensive line getting flustered with Le'Veon Bell not showing up after refusing to sign his franchise tag after not getting a long-term deal that he was seeking for. But yeah, I I, I feel right now they did try everything they could. But I mean, you, you can't make everyone happy. And bottom line is, let's take a look at the rest of the list here as we got on the offense. Also, we got uh, wide receivers, like I said, Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones. You also got, as far as like a flex uh, position, you got Darren Sproles. Your tight ends, you got two of them, Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey. Offensive linemen, Jason Pierce, Tyron Smith, Joe Staley, Joe Thomas. You also got guards, Jari Evans. Of the Saints and Packers. Logan Mankins of the Patriots. Zach Martin of the Cowboys. Marshall Yandu, who I believe is retired now, of the Ravens. Alex Max, Mack, formerly the Browns and currently with the Falcons. And of course, Marquise Pouncey. Now, as far as what we have on defense, we got Calais Campbell, Cameron Jordan, Julius Peppers, J.J. Watt for your defensive ends. Julius Peppers definitely deserved to be on there. I felt like he was a beast right there. And considering where he ranked within the top 10 as far as like the all-time uh, sacks leaders, when when you look at it, I mean, this guy right here, who I was like real curious if he was going to be passing on the list because when he retired, I think after the 2018 season, this guy right here, Julius Peppers, I remember when he was a Chicago Bear too, by the way, he was fourth on the all-time sack list, only half a sack shy of Kevin Green. And, I mean, Julius Peppers, I mean, this guy was a true journeyman. I mean, primarily with the Panthers and with the Bears and Packers. And returning to the Panthers, he, he finished the season with respectable five sacks, but before that, he had 11. He was there for his final two seasons, returning to the Panthers, and I thought that's, that was a true warrior right there. Of defensive ends, if you ask me. Also, we had on here too for the defense. We got defensive tackle Geno Atkins, Fletcher Cox, Aaron Donald, well deservedly so, Dominic Sue. Then you got linebacker Shaler Jones, Luke Keekley, Khalil Mack, Von Miller, Bobby Wagner, Patrick Willis, corners Patrick Pearson, Daryl Rivas, Richard Sherman. 
Safeties Eric Berry, Earl Thomas, Eric Weddle, and defense backs Chris Harris and Tyron Matteo. Special teamers, you got Johnny Heckler, Shane Leckler, Steven Gastowski, and Justin Tucker for your two kickers. Justin Tucker, he was definitely a beast for the Ravens. We look at his accuracy. Guy was insanely incredible. You also have punt returners, Tyree Kill, Darren Sproles. Kick returners, Devin Hester, well-deservedly so. Could not argue, I expect him to be in the Hall of Fame. Not so sure about first ballot, but he'll definitely be a Hall of Famer. It'll be a long shot for him, but I think he'd give first ballot. And Cordero Patterson. Coaches, no-brainer, Bill Belichick, and Pete Carroll. I tell you what, one guy who I could probably see made the list for like the other coaches probably I go with Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, who in my opinion was one of the original coaches here for a while. When you look at what he's did with Green Bay, especially who worked with Brett Favre towards the end of his career and worked with some uh, decent people here. I mean, this guy right here and, and helped deliver a Super Bowl since the 96 Packers. I mean, he's only had three losing seasons in a 13-year career with the Packers. That guy is still phenomenal here. I think I will make a case for him to be in there. I mean, yeah, he's only been to one Super Bowl, but you still look at the level of excellence that he's been cons providing consistently for that team, the Packers. I mean, one could argue you had a guy like Aaron Rodgers. He had the all-world quarterback right there. And he didn't really do much to maximize championship potential. I disagree on that. I feel like he definitely did enough for that. And... It just—it was just a re remarkably unfair that he—he he just hasn't done anything more past that. But I mean, at the same time, he's has maintained a great atmosphere and a, and a winning culture as far as like what the Packers were meant to be. Also, let's uh, get in some other uh, topics I mentioned along the way, too. Also, from the Pittsburgh uh, Community Relations, I want to thank everybody real quickly for liking the video that was uh, shared on Friday by the city of Pittsburgh uh, that I retweeted and I shared it on my Facebook page. Thank you very much for all the likes right there. Well appreciated. We also got, as far coming up right now, Ed Bouchette. Uh, he actually got a chance to catch up with Ben Roethlisberger, uh, see how he was doing with his elbow recovery. Obviously, as far as like uh, returning back to uh, practicing with the team back around May, once practice facilities would have been open in spring, had to be put on hold because of COVID-19, had to take just a, a touch step back. But he says he's been practicing with footballs that have chips, microchips inserted in them, where it could track all sorts of stats, where it's including the velocity, the spin rate. And he's been doing... Practices where he's been dropping back. Let's see. He was uh, talking about here with Bouchette of the Athletic. He says he currently he starts off doing a 20 throw warm up at 10 yards. 
Then backs up at 10 to go to 15, 10 to 20, and 10 to 25 yards. And he really uh, likes the Ebron signing here. Uh, he definitely said that he met him back in February at a Christian conference in California. And he told Ben that he'd be an unrestricted free agent in March. And he uh, passed it on to Mike Tomlin to express like his desire and how he'd be a good fit for the offense. So, nice job, by the way, Ben, by the uh, for bringing him over. And let's see how he does. So I got to tell you, that's one guy who definitely excites me the most, who could really do a lot of excitement for this team and hopefully be, finally be the guy on a long-term consistent basis for a guy to succeed, Heath Miller. I mean, that's a position that people have been waiting quite some time. And I really hope this is the guy, the proper shoe. Fast McDonald, I mean... He just has a lack to stay healthy consistently, but he's still been reliable, still a, a tough grabber with the balls and targets being thrown to him. I'm just hoping this is the answer right now where he has a reliable guy, a security blanket, and someone that you could add to this offense. They definitely uh, need to get back uh, turned around in a hurry here as far as what they need to do with the offense. We know what they could do on defense and the pieces around here. I'd be really interested to see how much they're going to do with uh, Deontay Johnson, how much he's going to continue to excel if he does on special teams. But I think for this team right now, it's a time where you look at it, you got to put everything all is on the table here. And it's pretty much all in. You know you're going to be having a guy like Ben Rosper probably for about another two more years if his body allows him to and he's able to play pain-free. And not only that too, but the biggest thing I always keep cautioning people is to play smart football. I mean, how do we know that he's not going to be inclined to throw in tight windows still and put in a position where they're going to hurt themselves in tight games like with Denver towards the end of 2018. I mean, those are still stuff and factors that cannot be overlooked. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, yeah, you got better pieces around him, but a lot of it has been blamed since he had Antonio Brown around him. He's been targeting him a lot more because when you look at what him and Antonio Brown did in their final year together, as far as with uh, Ben Rosberger, and Antonio Brown, their final year together in Pittsburgh, they threw for a career high 15 touchdowns together. 15 was their highest as a quarterback wide receiver duel. Their second highest was back in 2016 where they had 14 throw together. So they had one more than that. And I, I think that's just where a lot of stuff people continue to be insistent that that's part of the pro- where part of the problems came from. I mean, he had to rely on guys that was demanding they get the ball a lot more. They also want to do what's best for like their contractual incentives that they could be hitting. And I, I think a lot of that stuff right there too. But also too that year, don't forget. I think they had to carry more a uh, heavier load as far as like starting off the season without. 
Le'Veon Bell. And the whole season, as a matter of fact, and being stuck in limbo. So there was a lot of frustration, a lot of tension building up right there, I, w- I would say, in Antonio's defense. I mean, of course, you had the off-field issues, but I you knew darn good and well that that span from how close they were as a team to getting to that Super Bowl level, they knew who they had on their roster and who they were missing. I think it was just all frustration. Everyone was feeling it. And don't forget, too, I mean, look, and I refer back to that Patriots game, too, but less than a year prior where they could have had Burr path in the playoffs you could probably avoid the Jaguars and probably ended up playing the Titans for your first playoff game but you'll probably have to see him again I mean it's still possible they could upset the Patriots in the divisional but then again who knows I mean it, it, like I said is it all what if absolutely but a guy like Antonio Brown he's definitely did enough Right here, a lot of success statistically, if you pay attention to on the field, he's definitely made his impact known. It's been an awesome target for a guy like Ben. It's definitely been on all level with everything, considering. And that just cannot be forgotten or put in the windshield. And also, too, it was also shared by the Steelers Community Relations, who could be followed on Twitter at SteelersCR, from the love from Pittsburgh, uh, that tomorrow on April 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, for all the people in Pittsburgh are encouraging people to step outside their homes, applaud for all the buildings of homes, yards, and areas throughout the city of Pittsburgh, will be lit up to show their unity that evening and moving forward through this COVID-19 crisis, which I think that's a real noble cause right there to kind of like get people in good spirits. And hopefully that definitely uh, pays big dividends right there. And like I said, everyone could use a little bit of happiness. I mean, don't forget, we even got like Easter around the corner for crying out loud. I mean, that's how sad this thing has gotten. It, It almost seems like I was telling a friend like yesterday. I mean, yesterday... I mean, Saturday and Sunday was WrestleMania. And even though I don't watch wrestling as much anymore, I couldn't even bear to watch it. Aside from the fact that I have moved on from that sport, that entertainment brand, I still always find a way to make room for WrestleMania. With everything that's been overwhelmingly going on, it has been hard to just concentrate and just chill and make time for that. I'm not going to lie. It was definitely... A damper when you think of all the stuff that may have to be put on hold due to this virus. And the people's lives are being gone along the way. And wow, it is just sad to say the least. And everyone's prayers together are in unison. Love, thought, and support for all the families. And like I said, continue shout for people in the medical field. And the healthcare workers who are trying to help fight this thing. It is just some sad times. But at the same time too. I love all the positivity from people. I, You know what? I think it's we are becoming only stronger as a society. Despite all the devastation that's happening. 
I'm seeing a, a lot more of a stronger unit in society than I've ever seen before. As tribute to all the love and consideration and the toughness that everyone puts up with through this. You know what? It goes to show you in life. Don't let one thing break you down or destroy you. There's a lot more ways you can look at things and how you can be able to move on and put definitely big time solitude and you just you just cannot you just cannot be all shelled in. Next topic, like I said, uh, other than that, as reported by FL Network, Tom Pellicero, the 2020 draft will proceed in fully virtual format. And this was a quote coming from the league. In response to developing conditions and the advice of medical and public health experts, authorities at all levels of government have expanded the scope and extended duration of orders requiring residents to shelter in place, stay-at-home orders, and closing non-essential business. These orders now cover the vast majority of residents and include every NFL home community. In some locations, these orders extend as far as June, and we should expect that this trend will continue. End quote. So there you have it. Not that it's a secret that's already been known, but a lot of people are pretty much doing it in indoor closed facilities. I think uh, you also got cool. The coolest one that you got is Sean Bay. I think he's going to do his like in a brewing company where he's got like an office uh, set up. I mean, he's one guy who definitely came down with the COVID-19 thing, but he seems like uh, he's doing well uh, through everything. And, man, I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, one of the questions that was broached yesterday, I was listening to you on the fan while I was taking the jog yesterday, and I finally got back into jogging Friday and Sunday and one of the things too, I don't know about you, but let's let's hit up fair or foul right now. What do you guys feel like on this topic? Esports. As far as like broadcast video games with people competing online. And where you know you know how you have like Madden tournaments with prizes or cash. What do you guys feel like the importance of that is? Do you guys feel like we're at that point where it needs to be put on TV or on or streaming? A lot more where everybody see to fill in some of the times of this entertainment where we could take our mind off this disease. If we don't have live competitive sports, we do have something along that breath that could be something comparable in there. I I don't think that'd be a bad idea. I think the only thing is, I mean, a lot of people are talking about, well, you got like all these classic games being played, like championship games or classic matches. Or it's on NFL, NBA, or MLB Network, or NHL, wherever the case may be, or even on your cable channels, at some point it's going to wear off. I think it'll do fine for a little while, but at some point, I think nothing compares to live competition. As far as like what you want to watch, it's just seeing physical athletes go out there in tournaments or one-on-one games with a lot of stuff on the line. I'm not a big buyer into that. I don't mind watching every now and then when there's no other TV show on. I'm just not so sure if that's going to be something that's going to be revolutionizing lean away for right now. That one, I'm probably in a, in a whole different boat. 
I like to see live competition or watch classics. Whatever nothing is on. I'm a big football guy first and foremost. So I'm going to say uh, foul on that one as far as being, as far as right now, they could fill times because eventually at some point it's going to wear off. Fair foul topic number two. Marquise Pouncey and Antonio Brown. Hall of Famers. Especially Antonio Brown. I will say fair on both of those guys. Offensive linemen usually don't have much luck as far as getting in right away. Or getting in at all in the hall. But I do believe like both their body works. You pay attention like what they contributed and what they've been able to truck through all these years. They're well deserving of it. I mean the numbers, the unity, the all pro numbers, a lot of people like to pay attention for right there. I mean, that is just nothing that could be irreplaced. I think they got a combined total of six all pros between the two of them. Just the only thing is, like I said, where I wish they could have had a little bit more success on, they could contribute a ring together. Because I think back to a guy like Ramon Foster, who just actually retired the day after the new CBA was approved by the Players Union. I mean, we're voted on by the players, I should say. Excuse me. Just, Just think, if we didn't have the CBA being... Stamp of approval by the players. How much more this time would be? I got to tell you, that's probably one of the few positives I was glad to see get resolved was uh, CBA. And I'm glad it did not linger. I was just hoping this is going to be a fair deal for everybody down the road, even though they do got to play an extra game. But you're going to be having to expand playoffs too, which is being this season, don't forget. And it's a lot more stuff to consider. I just feel right now, it's a lot of exciting times. My only concern is someone like the Steelers, like I said, where I maintain this, is that the only time you've been able to win the Super Bowl having to go all four rounds was 2005. But they're one of eight teams... Who has won it one time, by the way. All the teams that had to go four rounds and win the Super Bowl and only doing it like one time. Here are the teams we got. You got the, besides the Steelers, you got the Green Bay Packers. You also got the Washington Redskins. The New York Giants, who are the only team that did it two times. Both Eli Mann's teams as wild cards. Then you also had, aside from that, you also had, you also had the Ravens. You also had the Colts. And then you had the Chiefs, Broncos, and Raiders. So again, just to recap all the teams that have won the Super Bowl, having to go all four rounds in the wild card, I will repeat. Here are all the teams we got. 
You got you got the Steelers, you got the Ravens, the Raiders, the Broncos, the Colts, Packers, Redskins, Giants, all those teams who had to go all four rounds and win the Super Bowl. So if there's any uh, chance right there, the only thing where I get concerned that is like if you're going to be able to get home field. That's just my only thing where I get a little hesitant on. We have enough to be a number one seed. The only time they've been the number one seed, because since the the extra buys can be a limit, it's only be for the top teams. You haven't had that since 04. You never had that in the Mike Tomlin era. That's just my only level where I perceive a great deal of caution on here. And I'm be really interested in how that's going to work. But then again, so is life right there. Also, too, before I get off the air real quick, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, feel free to leave in the comment section or you can tweet me at CJR or on the Facebook page, Podcast. As a, for This is for all the Pittsburgh fans. And uh, Steelers as well. What is your, or just as a sports fan in general. So what is your favorite all-time Steeler championship celebration? And for all your Pittsburghers out there, what is your favorite Game 7 victory in sports when it comes to the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Pittsburgh Penguins? I'm going to give you mine right now. I'm going to give you Super Bowl Forty. The one for the fun. I think that one has a lot of significance only because a lot of people and players were expecting Jerome Bettis getting close to re- hanging up the cleats. And you look at the magical season the year before where they went 15-1, like I said, which was the last time they had the number one seed. Came up short to the Patriots once again for the second time that decade to Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Another Coward Steelers. He pretty much announced like a couple days later that he that that was going to more than likely be it for his career. I remember a lot of teams like guys like Heinz Ward and people in the locker room were crying. Like they were at a funeral as the quote was. And I was pretty heartbroke for them hearing that. I remember reading that in the paper at home. I was thinking, man, it's it's sad that he have a career end like this here. I mean, just tell me that's not what's be ending up happening. But I, I I think for the Steelers, just for Jerome Best get talked out of retiring, knowing the fact that the Super Bowl wasn't be in your hometown, Detroit, you decided to give it another ride. You don't win the division like you do in convincing fashion, but you do get in as a wild card. Even though the Bengals won the division. Same year where T.J. Hoosman decided to wipe his cleats with the terrible towel and mock a lot of Pittsburgh fans and Steelers players. You got a hot four-game winning streak and four games in the playoffs, which include the Super Bowl, which, by the way, you got even with teams like the Bengals and the Colts. My favorite win being knocking out the Bengals. Who they? We they by Bill Cowher. Who they think they beat them Bengals? We they. You win that Super Bowl. It's the first one since the, the 70s Steelers under Chuck Noll, Mean Joe Green, and Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris, 
all those guys right there. You win that one, dramatic fashion, doing it as the toughest wild card team in the history. I mean, that had significant impacts. And then for Jerome Bass to go ahead and officially acknowledge that he was going to retire at the end of that game. That's my favorite coach of all time, Bill Cowher, finally getting his Super Bowl ring, even though 10 years earlier he lost to the Cowboys. So that would be my favorite Steelers Super Bowl. And then as far as like Pittsburgh sports, I'll go with Game 7, or just, just say Stanley Cup championships in general. I will definitely say the 2017 Stanley Cup, the last one they won. First time they went back-to-back since the 91-92 Penguins under Mario Lemieux's pens. And then for the Pirates, I'll go with 1979. We are a family team. Same year in which the Steelers began the year as Super Bowl champions in Super Bowl 13 and went on to go back-to-back champions in between that time, while the Pirates won their fifth and final championship, all the World Series has been won in seven games, all of them. And then for them to win four and cap off a decade, that 1979 Pirates team, like I said, the, the simple phrase of we are family always has significant meaning with me, especially how I grew up in my lifetime. And that's going to call a close to this edition of the Masculine Podcast. I want to just say thank you to those of you for joining in here. Again, if you guys want to catch me, I'm here on Mondays and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can follow me on Twitter at Pradge at MassDLCJR, at OnDexCSR. Same thing on Instagram. You can also follow me on my YouTube channel, Steel Podcast. For all the latest Steel Podcast and OnDex shows to be podcasted, check me out on Mixcloud Charles Pradge Ritchie and Anchor and Spotify Crunch time with Charles Bridge Ritchie. As I always leave you, don't be trolling, be rolling. Here we go, Sears, here we go. I gone.